Welcome to Fine Margins here on the Hammer Betting Network, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Be sure to check out Betfred for the remainder of the World Cup, as they are the official sportsbook partner of Fine Margins here on the Hammer Betting Network. Alex Moretto, Jacob Gramenia, as always, joined alongside myself, Rob Pizzola. For those of you watching on Twitter, hop over to the YouTube channel if you do want to get some comments in in real time. We do like to answer any questions that people may have. Bring up comments throughout the show as well. Also, follow us on Twitter at the Fine Margins account. You'll see that in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen. Two S's at the end there. All right, guys, let's get into it. It was actually a pretty entertaining day today, I thought, uh, especially the morning slate. We'll start with you, Jacob. Anything that particularly caught your eye in today's matches? Uh, nothing. I mean, South Korea obviously get the job done against Portugal. I don't think that downgrades Portugal too much. They knew their job was pretty much done there. We were talking about beforehand. It was pretty fun to watch Suarez cry on the bench there, not being big fans of Suarez over here. Um, so I'll cherish that one a little bit as, as the hater that I am. Uruguay just simply got way too much wrong in this tournament tournament from a tactical perspective. That even transpired today. They were up 2-0 at half. They thought their job were, was done. They couldn't even fathom the reality of South Korea possibly snatching a win against Portugal. The way they played, they they knew they probably like they needed another goal to be sure. And South Korea get the late goal, and Uruguay don't have enough time to peg one back. So I think Alex, you you tweeted they got what they deserved in that respect. So that yeah, you got you got to be better throughout the tournament. Four points, you can't be upset going out on four points. Yeah, I mean, they just sat back after getting the 2-0 lead. I couldn't believe it. Um, I tweeted that out at halftime that, you know, this isn't job done for Uruguay, and they acted like it was. They were very lucky not to concede a goal. I am incredibly bitter about the fact that Ghana did not score. That went from uh, cashing over 2.5 and and both teams to score to actually going 0-2 in those ones. So that was just really frustrating. I think Roche made a really nice save on Kudus late in the game, too. Ghana had their chances. Um you know, once Uruguay switched off, they just weren't able to kind of turn it back on. Thought they were a bit unlucky not to get a penalty on that challenge um, when they went to VAR. Uh, I, I thought that that was a little bit closer than, you know, than maybe it was made the, out to be. The Cavani one? No, not the, I think oh. the Darwin Nunez one. Oh, sorry. I was yeah. busy Nunez, working. The, the defender got like a, the tip a of the ball yeah. and, and just took Nunez okay. out in the process as well. I, I missed that one then. <laughs> just it the was, tip. yeah. I thought it was... Uh, I thought for sure that was going to be given. Um, again, I mean, they only have themselves to blame, though. Like, you know, Cavani had a chance to, on the Cavani show. That wasn't obviously not a penalty, but right. he, he had a chance to go for the ball still, and he's just going down. I understood taking Suarez off. I thought he kind of lost his effectiveness as the match went on. Um, I know you guys hate Suarez. I feel very bad for him. I he, uh, I love was, I love him as a, as a competitor. And, he was you know, really he, good in the first half. He, he was, was good exceptional in the first, half, the first yes, half. Yes, I understood taking him off regardless, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, full credit South Korea. At the end of the day, I think the, the group just played out well for them, right? Like, they they were able to get Uruguay in that first game where, like, things are always a little bit more tense. And, you know, maybe that plays into the 0-0 draw there. And then, you know, they get – they lose to Ghana in the second match, but then they get the Portugal B team in the final game. So it just sort of played out differently, uh, you know, than we maybe would have expected just based on how the group played out. I think maybe if Ghana was in the same position and, and they swapped the Portugal and Uruguay games, maybe we see the same result there and Ghana going through. So, you know, full credit to South Korea, though. It was great to see those fans. Um, I saw one of their uh, strikers went from, like, 
20,000 followers to like over a million and he's got like marriage proposals coming through the uh the Instagram DMs right now so like wow. stuff like that's awesome that's what the World Cup's all about nice to see them go through and uh hopefully they don't get battered by uh by Brazil yeah uh Edison Cavani back in his prime in 1997 probably would have buried a few of those chances I still can't I can't believe this guy's still playing soccer every time I see him uh it feels like you know forever ago where he was popping uh left left and right uh don't really want to take too much away from Brazil losing but uh it, I, I guess the one takeaway for me is I, we didn't see any team go through with three wins in the group stage this year, which is like highly unusual. But I guess there's a lot of scenarios where these top tier teams could rest players in the latter game, you know, in, in these last games and were afforded that luxury from winning the first two. But um, just doesn't seem like there's a clear cut team um, miles ahead of everyone else, although the betting market would still say Brazil's the clear cut favorites right now, despite the the loss today, which is really a meaningless game. Yeah, I think in terms of the no team winning three games, I think we, we spoke about this a little bit yesterday. It's just the nature of the tournament this year with like how it's happening in the middle of the domestic season, compacted schedule. I think teams are taking a lot fewer risks when, you know, you're going into that last group match with six points. So we saw Portugal do it. We saw France do it. And now we saw Brazil do it. I'm not really taking much from those games for sure. I, I will say, though, it wasn't a meaningless game because if Switzerland had nabbed another one against serbia they would have won the group if they had won by two so yes wasn't yeah. wasn't quite meaningless i guess switzerland though even with the information brazil had lost seemed pretty content just to win that game three two and they were just hanging on to that so i, I thought it was a bit strange i feel because a, a draw wouldn't have been an issue for them either so i don't know why they just didn't push forward but how did we not get a red card in that switzerland serbia game too like <laughs> at, at the end everybody's just pushing it like that yeah. that was ridiculous yes <laughs> that was it was nasty. like yeah i mean that was unreal like you thought the tempers are boiling over the serbians obviously very passionate uh very passionate country and um, i thought that that was gonna get ugly we have i was talking about this with um that franchise kf kyle earlier this morning and it was we've seen two red cards in this group stage one of them given to a coach um there were only three in the group stage in 2018 but before that it was like 13 16 18 16 like it's just insane how how uh how we just haven't seen any like whatsoever yeah i mean i i didn't think about that but previous world cups it's definitely been you know predominant i can think of lots of times where teams have even had to defend for the entirety of the game because they got like mm -hmm. a red card in like the fourth minute yeah um I wonder if there's been some sort of instruction handed down to referees about like, let's, you know, we don't want to send these many, this many players off or anything like that. Keep the games as, I mean, that would contribute to the no nine points, I think for one. Uh, but on top of that, just seeing closer games in general, which yeah. is, and not one team sitting back and trying to hold, uh, hold on and save a point. So um, I'm kind of glad it's been played like this to, to be honest with you guys. But um, I do want to get into, bunch of matches so for those who've been watching throughout the duration of the world cup here uh on fine margins we don't go live on the weekends so we got a lot of weekend matches to preview our next live show is monday 4 15 p.m eastern time at that point six matches will have already been played since we are talking about the recaps from earlier today so I want to get into them and I want to break them down as best as possible and see if we can find any value for people on Saturday, on Sunday or Monday. I will contribute my pure recreational takes on based on what I've seen so far, small sample size tournament stuff uh, and no better place to start than our first matchup tomorrow, which is the Netherlands and the United States, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Netherlands favorites, minus 106. This is a 90 minute, 90 minute line. Very important for people out there to understand that. Your bet you can still bet a draw, 
if inside 90 minutes it's a draw, you win your bet. You can also click into any of these on Betfred and bet the team to advance if you'd rather do that. And we're looking at the Netherlands minus 240 to advance here, USA plus 185 to advance in this matchup tomorrow. I'll start with you, Alex. You have your pulse on the Netherlands team. I think we very much disagree on these guys uh, going forwards. But you think that they're a team that started slow, and as the tournament goes on, they will be able to build and build. Uh, why is that particularly? And do you fancy anything in the Netherlands-US matchup tomorrow? Well, though I will start by saying you, you're going to need to wait to see a Netherlands lineup before you want to bet this game. Um, there is talk about, well, there's not talk. Van Hal said it himself that, a number of players are battling flu-like symptoms right now uh, within the team. So that is something to keep an eye out for if it, you know, ends up being the case that someone like Van Dyke or a Frankie De Jong or someone, you know, integral to the team is has to sit out. Um, you know, maybe this, we see this line go the other way. So, you know, if you want to bet the U S on that hunch, I mean, I personally would not, but obviously something to keep an eye out for. I would wait before you're betting the Netherlands. You want to make sure you're getting a full strength team there. I don't, I don't think that the Netherlands are necessarily World Cup contenders, but right now, but like I think that they're just a team that knows how to win under Van Hal. They're on an 18 match unbeaten run. They haven't lost to the World Cup in ages under him. Um, obviously, they didn't qualify last time around, but before that, you know, they went out on penalties in the semifinals to Argentina. They don't always play the most attractive football, but they are just a team that doesn't give up a whole lot and they know how to win under Van Hal. They're able to play scrappy games, they're able to play attacking football you know they kind of morph to what their opponent is going to give them so I think here we're going to see a bit more of a tense game um similar to what we saw with the U.S. and uh and um uh, England so I would expect a few changes I'm not sure if Van Al is going to pull the trigger on it but I think that we should see someone like Frimpong get a chance at uh right wing back Dumfries hasn't looked that great they're going to need some pace on the flank in this game especially so a guy like him could come in and really change things I wonder if we see Simons off the bench um Depay obviously will now you know now that he has a start under his belt should look a little bit better up top I think they ultimately do enough to win this game in a very low scoring kind of a boring game where there's not too many chances at either end but I don't right now I don't feel great necessarily about that happening within the 90 minutes I could see this going to extra time perhaps and you know them having to sort of scrape by but I do ultimately feel good about them getting through to face Argentina in the next round Jacob thoughts on on Netherlands US tomorrow so pretty down on Netherlands I gotta be honest I was very down on the US coming into this tournament I think they have definitely upgraded my vision of them in market here Netherlands aren't showing great ability to score goals. The U.S. showing good ability to keep it out of their net. It wasn't a very difficult group that they were in, but they very much limited the amount of goals they conceded. Did not concede to England, did not concede to Iran, only conceded to Wales via penalty through Gareth Bale. So I think they are really going to give Netherlands a difficult game here, not from an attacking sense, but in the sense that this U.S. team is full of athletes uh, coming up. I... I Coming up in a system where I played a lot of games in the U.S., things that they prioritize for players in their in their teens are really athletics, where it's more technical in Europe. These guys are, I think, despite the fact we've mentioned maybe they're not getting the most game time with their clubs, these are super fit players, and they are going to leave absolutely everything out there to stop this Netherlands team. And I just don't think there's been enough from the Netherlands that they've showcased to me that they're going to be able to consistently break that down. So I very much like the double chance on the U S here and have already bet that coming in here because I, 
we saw the Netherlands price. It started at minus 120, I think. Mm-hmm. And it sort of fell off there. So when it was at that point, so the price has changed a little bit, but I was on the double chance previously. And I still think it's a pretty good number there because with the pace Netherlands, uh, sorry, that the U.S. have that the Netherlands lack, I, I think there could be some exposure there. I'm intrigued to see how the U.S. play from a formation standpoint. They use like a 4-4-2 against England to get McKenney on the wing. I don't know if they want to do that in this one because I think Daly Blind could be a point of weakness if he continues to start due to just simply his lack of pace. So getting McKenney out there, getting Dest, challenging him, I think this could just be a difficult game for Netherlands. Uh, McKenney, that was sort of the natural position. He's been playing with Juventus a lot this year, which is out on the wing. So I think that they wanted to get him back into that more natural role. Uh, I'm going to call my shot here right away. I have not seen a sports book post this yet, but I have seen this in past tournaments. So I'm sure it will be up at Betfred at some point before we start. This game is going to penalties. <laughs> Netherlands, US, penalties, first game of the knockout round. I'm not going to say that, you know, this is some sort of fixes in or anything like that to try to draw our interest. But I really don't see uh, the Netherlands as a team that is going to be broken down by the U.S. But I also think they're going to have struggle. I think they're going to have trouble scoring. Uh, I'm very inclined to also lean to the under in this game. Just naturally what I see in my head is I I see nil-nil penalties. But if it doesn't get to that point, like I see one nothing with one team really trying to defend and being able to defend in the process as well. So um that's sort of where i'm at with this one we the i mean the other game tomorrow i'm we're gonna talk about it i don't know that that you can bet i mean you can bet on anything you want don't get me wrong but argentina is a pretty massive favorite against australia tomorrow uh very much a surprise that australia is here at this point we have seen argentina lose to saudi arabia already in this tournament we know it can happen to advance argentina minus 1200 right now australia plus 700 You'd have to give me a lot more than seven to one to bet Australia to advance. I understand it's soccer. Anything can happen. This tournament's been crazy so far, but um, let's break this down. I'll start with you, Jacob. Anything that we should be aware of that's maybe, you know, like worth bringing to the forefront here or some sort of angle that you would potentially take to approach this game. So I I thought about this all day, how I was going to talk about this game. I I really struggle to find any way to, find an answer to how to bet this one try to think of past australia teams in world cups like there's the 2006 round of 16 against italy where francesco totti scores a penalty in the 95th minute to win one nil for italy Mm -hmm. i don't think you can really value that into your handicap in the 2022 world cup I, i i just think look australia in all three games seem pretty content to just soak up pressure and play with their chances on the counter they capitalized twice Two one nil wins. They're going to be fighting for their life in this one. Any possible way to get involved here? I I don't mind an under just because. Have we lost Jacob? Or have we lost their tremendous ability? Oh, there we go. We got you back, Jacob. Sorry. You don't you don't mind the under because because Australia are going to be really content to sit back. I think even. Down 1-0, they'd be pretty content not to allow it to get to 2-0. So like an Argentina team total under or an under this game, there's nothing specific that I think you should bet. But if there's any way to approach this, Australia being super resilient, Argentina maybe not being able to break them down. Alex? Yeah, I th- I think that uh, I think that Scaloni is kind of quickly figuring it out, figuring it out his best 11 right now. 
And I think this is a game where they're going to want to win and they're going to want to win comfortably. Um, I think they'll just keep attacking, try and get things right, work out any kinks they have. Like, I think we see Lissandra Martinez back in the team. Uh, I think in the last, like, eight games or so that he's played, uh, that he started for them, they, they haven't allowed a goal. Um, he, I think, was taken out of the polling game because maybe the aerial threat of Lewandowski is not the biggest defender. So, you know, maybe that's why they wanted to get him out there. He didn't start the Saudi Arabia game, did start the Mexico game. I think we're going to see him start again. I think we'll see Julian Alvarez start again up top. I can't. I don't see how they go back to Lautaro. I think, yeah, obviously this is just going to be a case of Argentina controlling about 85% of possession, and it's just whether or not they can convert their chances, which I think they will be able to do. It's just a straightforward win here. Like, I mean, I don't – It's if you're going to look at the total one way or another, it's going to be, you know, if Argentina get up 2 nothing. Do Australia just say screw it and, you know, throw everything forward at that point? They're going home. Might as well go home fighting. Maybe Argentina get a third. That's what kind of would keep me off of this. Um, just I don't have the most interest in watching this game. Don't have the most interest in betting this game. Uh, kind of sucks that this is a knockout tie, but like full credit to Australia. But there are also some college football conference championships going on tomorrow. So maybe the schedule works out a little bit okay in our favor here. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Jacob, where I, I was trying to find a bet all day today of something that I might like. And all I kept thinking in my head was like, probably a decent chance Argentina gets a penalty in this game. Um, just be the amount of attacking, the amount of times I think they're going to be in the box. But the prices on the penalty, honestly, are just not good enough. Like either team to get a penalty is plus 150. Uh, Argentina to get a penalty is plus 275. I, I think that there is a bit of a messy factor. Like I don't think I don't think that the the penalty in the last Argentina oh, match was actually a penalty. So bad. Yeah, so Messi, bad, Rob. Messi picked up the ball and walked to the spot and just stood there. And I wonder how much that actually had an impact. That I think it did. So bad. It was so bad that call. I, I as soon as I saw the replay, I'm like, oh, that's not a penalty. And then the comments like Messi standing at the spot with the ball. I'm like this guy's an idiot. This, this like this is zero percent chance it's a penalty. And also he's walking to the monitor. And, and I'm just like, what am I watching? And we saw with Ronaldo, he got one. It was soft. This one was even softer for Messi. So you, I think you're playing on something that's correct. And we see some of the ones that haven't been given, and then we see some of the ones that have been given. There's just no consistency. It's it's insane. Like I, that's why I thought for sure when he when he went to VAR today for the Nunez one, I thought for sure they were given the penalty. I I could not believe it based on the, some of the stuff we've seen. So yeah, I mean, I can see them can see them getting one here for sure. We'll move over to Sunday. So our first match on Sunday, France uh, against Poland. France looked pretty good in my opinion in the in the group stage. Uh, I talked about Poland. I don't think Poland did look very good. Now, France does play in a 4-2-3-1, a couple holding midfielders. Maybe there's a chance for the Poland midfield to hold up a little bit better in this match. I really don't know. Uh, I'll break it. Uh, I'll send it over to you, Alex, to break this one down. France, Poland, anything that captures your vision in this one? Yeah, I mean, Poland can still defend pretty well as a team. Um, they haven't shown the most going forward. I do I do wonder, this is a little bit narrative-based, but I do wonder if now they finally got over the hump, they're able to play a little bit more free and we're able to kind of see the pressure off of them and maybe that translates into a better performance here. I think the France have been a little bit shaky at the back. They haven't, you know, I mean, Tunisia had a, a number of chances. Denmark scored their only goal in the tournament against them. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, Australia had a couple chances as well. They went up one nothing. They almost could have gone up 2 nothing at one point in that game. So there's, there are some vulnerabilities there. I think maybe we do see some goals in this game. I think, you know, if you're looking at plus one and a half for uh, for 
Poland. I don't hate that either, but I think that we see a bit freer of a performance here. Um, you know, this is a team where they're able to build through the middle of the pitch a little bit more. They don't have to attack on the flanks, whereas some other teams kind of invited that. I think they're going to be able to do a little bit more in their build up here and in transition, maybe make this a little bit more of an interesting game. I kind of see like a 2-1 sort of thing for France. Um, don't hate the over. Don't hate Poland on the Asian handicap. Jacob? This one, I, I see this one differently, to be honest. I think Poland are like really bad. I thought they were bad coming into this tournament and then having watched them play, they're worse than I expected. And I think they believe they are good enough to at least attempt to play with France here. And I think for that reason, I think France are just going to bully them all game. Because I, I think Poland are going to come out trying to take it to France, maybe seeing weaknesses from that Tunisia game, although it was a, a France B team, as we mentioned. But I, I genuinely think they're going to try to be a little bit more expansive in possession here, thinking they've done their job, they've gotten out of the group. And if you give France that those that sort of space in midfield and an attack, I think they're going to exploit them. So I can't really... If I was on this one, I think I think an over is something you could look at. Same, I guess same reason for Alex. I think if Poland are... They do have Lewandowski after all, and if he gets a chance, you do expect him to score. But I think, I think France is going to really the dominate this game. The one thing I will say, too, though, about Poland is that we've seen them against, you know, obviously group stage play, you have to take it with a grain of salt because there's always like a result that maybe you can rely on or something like that. Yeah. You know, you're not always playing necessarily to win the game. So I think we've seen Poland in different situations against elite competition, like at the Euros last, uh, well, I guess, yeah, it was last year. They did, you know, they tied Spain. Um, they were able to tie England in qualifying. You know, they did well in the Nations League against the Netherlands and against Belgium. So like we've seen them defend very well against good teams the argentina game was a little bit of an aberration i think that it was a case of you know they're just at that point they went down and it was like hey well we just can't make this worse and we just have to hope that mexico don't score but like i do think that there is a little bit of evidence there that they are able to defend pretty well and they're maybe just able to make life a little bit difficult on france here france currently minus 900 to advance poland plus 550 um, I, I'm with Jacob on this one. Just the eye test, Poland doesn't do it for me. I watched a little bit of their qualifying campaign as well. Um, they they narrowly beat out Albania and Hungary to get here. Uh, that's no disrespect to those nations, but imagine this was Albania against France um, and what we'd be thinking of this matchup or Hungary against France and how we'd be viewing it. And I think because Poland does have some uh, big players that play across you know the bigger leagues in Europe, um, names so to speak especially Lewandowski obviously uh that we view them in a different light that's not to say that they can't win it is soccer but um I I'm, I'm like kind of just feeling I should be putting France in some parlays uh this weekend with some other teams because I, I think that they they've at least de demonstrated that they can consistently like they can consistently create chances um pretty much every match there's been a lot it, it could have been worse for some opponents in their matches as well uh other game on Sunday uh, England against Senegal. Um, I, I, th these are these are interesting teams because England just throttled Iran in the first match. Looked like they were, you know, well on their way to turning it around under Southgate, playing like a more offensive style. Their last couple matches, there's been absolute snoozers. Senegal, uh, they looked very strong against Ecuador in that final game of the group stage, needing a win to to move on here. Uh, England and Senegal, England minus 189 inside 90 minutes, Senegal plus 625. Jacob, obviously you have a rooting interest in this game. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup for England? 
189 I think is like a proper price here I expect England I, listen, I'm a fan so when I, I, I am very non-superstitious when it comes to sports until we get to <laughs> World Cup knockout games and then like I am so fearful of saying anything that obviously has no effect on the game but just everything takes over because every little thing counts for me when it comes to these games it, it's very strange but I, like, I don't want to sell England too hard here 189 seems like a proper price they should take care of Senegal here. Uh, we spoke about with Paul, me and Alex, that Ecuador may have been the more difficult matchup just because they would have been a little bit more robust defensively. Senegal might want to be a little bit more progressive with the ball. I, I think they have the tools to affect England's back line. It's ultimately been pretty solid throughout at, at, at these major tournaments and at this one so far. So I, I think England just take care of business here. I, I I don't expect a shocker here. I'm not trying to be be biased with that, but like I think England the difficulty right now is picking the starting eleven because you've had some good performances from Saka, Sterling. You just got a really good one from Rashford and Foden. So there's a lot of players that can affect the game for England. So tough for me to handicap this one. Yeah, I uh, I it's England for me here. Like, I think this is a very comfortable win for them. Um, maybe they like to make life difficult on themselves as Jacob. I'm sure, you know, by now, um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like, they'll maybe make it a little bit nervy, but like ultimately like a one, nothing two nothing. I don't see Senegal troubling them too much, just in the sense that I think Senegal are weakest in midfield. And I think that's where England are just going to sort of run them off the pitch. Um, I don't see Senegal seeing enough of the ball to really trouble England here. I think that's going to be the biggest problem. England have a decent amount of pace, you know, at fullback. So I don't know if they're really going to be able to get burned on the flanks either. Uh, I think this is just ultimately like England comfortably sort of take care of business. It's whether they can sort of take their chances. But yeah, Senegal, I mean, a gift of a second goal against Ecuador on that set piece. True. And then obviously they got the penalty early on. They still haven't created a ton from open play in this tournament. And I think that would be my concern. Even against Qatar, we saw... In midfield, like Qatar really took the game to them. Uh, they were down 2 nothing. They got that goal. They were kind of unlucky not to get a second one. So, yeah, I just – Senegal just haven't been able to create all that much. I think that's down to the the lack of uh, skill they have in midfield and just some older legs, and I think that's going to really be their undoing here. All right. We'll move on to Monday before we do. I do see someone in the chat who has bet Australia plus 1,500 <laughs> against our, to, that So that's inside 90 minutes. Hey, listen, 15-1 to 1, lottery ticket – um, well, not quite a lottery ticket, but a decent long shot and having like a rooting interest in the game. Sure. Uh, why not? All right. Monday, uh, probably the most evenly matched game, I think, of that we'll break down on on today's show. Uh, Japan and Croatia. Japan, obviously, I, I don't think there was too many people who would have pegged them to finish tops in the group with Germany and Spain going into this <laughs> tournament. Um, Croatia. I'd say very hit and miss performances as well. Obviously, we talk about the midfield all the time for them, and I think it's a very star-studded cast. Uh, they are favored in this one inside 90 minutes at plus 110. Japan, a uh, small underdog, but uh, you know, not not too distantly priced here. Let's break this one down, Alex. We'll start with you. Yeah, I really like Japan here. Um, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but essentially we know the blueprint to beating Croatia. Croatia is basically just a lesser version of Spain, a lesser version of Germany in the sense that they like to play on the ball a little bit slow at the back. And I mean, they, 
did Japan are just going to be content letting that happen and then using their pace to hit them on the break. They're so clinical. They're still pretty tough to break down. This is a very, very good matchup for Japan, like almost a, an ideal matchup for them. And, uh, you know, we saw it against Belgium. They were really close to uh, to going through in the 2018, uh, last 16, where they just allowed that late goal. They blew the 2-0 lead. Belgium had the attacking quality to eventually, you know, come out and, and turn that around. But Croatia do not have that. I can see Croatia playing on the ball a ton, struggling to create chances. Um, outside of that Canada game, they have yet to score a goal at this World Cup, and they have yet to really look like scoring a goal at this World Cup. They could do nothing against Belgium, a, a slow, weak Belgian backline, and they did nothing against Morocco as well. So, I mean, this is a case where I think that, you know, they're going to see the ball a lot, struggle to create chances, and Japan are going to be able to hit them. And I think Japan are very much live here. Um, you know, if you want the uh, security of taking them on the draw no bet at plus 165 in case it were to go to extra time, I like that too. Uh, but I think that, you know, taking a flyer in Japan plus 280 is a really good look. Jacob, do you agree? Yeah, um, I very much feel like I will be betting on Japan here. Team to advance plus 150 looks pretty good to me. Uh, I was looking at like the double chance. I, I don't really like the odds there, but to advance Japan at plus 150 is very, very intriguing to me. I'll outline a lot of the points that Alex has already made here, but they haven't created much other than the Canada game where they were really gifted some golden opportunities midfield's great the front three there's definitely going to be some question marks for me Perisic hasn't quite looked the same as he did at the previous world cup for his club football these days he plays as a wing back he's not an out and out attacker not counting him out to be able to like hit one like just like he almost scored that amazing goal in the first like 10 seconds against belgium here i have doubts about the strike force like again these guys piled up some goals against canada but uh, against morocco there wasn't much there against Belgium, albeit where they were pretty comfortable to tie that game as well because that got them through. I, I think Japan can cause them problems with an organized defense and clearly the ability to hit you on the break with quality players in attack. So I am I am really, really looking forward to this match. So, sorry, my dog's barking. Really looking forward to this match. And uh, I'm definitely going to be on Japan here. Yeah, I think um, I'm kind of with you guys and just having watched the tournament so far, I don't see as much of a disparity between these two teams as the odds would indicate. I think Croatia is extremely lucky to be here, to be honest with you. Belgium, to me, uh, if I hadn't put the curse on on Romelu Lukaku, uh, he probably buries <laughs> a couple in that. Like, honestly, I don't. the one where he just chested the ball down to nobody was like, he was standing like two yards from goal. I, I still don't know how that didn't go in the net. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm with you guys here. I, I like Japan. I'll probably play them to advance, um, which is in the plus 150 range right now at Betfred Sportsbook. And finally, guys, let's break down the other matchup here. Brazil, South Korea. Obviously, Brazil, a powerhouse in world football. Their B team would very likely still be favored over South Korea in this matchup. I don't think very likely. I think they absolutely would be. Um, is South Korea, though, the type of team that could potentially cause Brazil some problems? What do you think about that, Alex? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that, you know, you have to respect the, like, fire and the passion and the never-say-die attitude with which this team plays. But, again, we spoke about this earlier in the show. I think it was just a case of the group playing out really nicely for them, the way the fixtures lined up. That's kind of why they got out. Um, they're not going to see enough of the ball here. Brazil are also very good in the air, which is how, you know, uh, South Korea have been scoring a lot of their goals. Brazil are, you know, pretty lethal from set pieces. Um, obviously, we saw, you know, my mighty Cameroon score the uh, 
score the goal in the, uh, with that header today, but he was kind of unmarked in the box. And um, I just think this is, yeah, I mean, it's this is Brazil's World Cup to lose. And like, you talk about the draw Brazil just got too. You know, they have they're going through South Korea, and then they're going to take on the winner of Japan and Croatia. It kind of lined up really nicely for them. But at the same time, maybe like you know, they're not really going to be fully tested until then. Maybe that's a there's a downside to that as well. But uh, I mean, geez, the the prices on Brazil to make the semis going into the tournament were around like plus one twenty five. I think they were bet down to close to like even money. And wow. if you if you hit those, you're basically like you're basically cash that already, which is which is kind of nice. Wow, we don't want, <laughs> not, we don't want to put the curse on. Yeah, I don't really want to go that far with Brazil. As good as they've looked, like I'm gonna try to just. They're obviously big favorites. I expect them to win this game. Where they're minus four hundred, as we saw there, they have not scored many goals here. They got two against uh, Serbia in the first game, one of which unreal goal from Richarlison. Second game, it took them a long time to break down, albeit a better team in Switzerland than South Korea, but it took a deflected shot at the end of the game and a really, like a special link-up play to get that chance at all. Today was their B team, a B team good enough to beat Cameroon still. They couldn't really get a clear-cut chance to score. And where Korea have thrived is in the wing, putting crosses in the box, where we we have all identified Brazil's weaknesses is fullbacks. So... I, I think like if you like there's the Australia plus fifteen hundred for a little bit of fun. I think if you want fun, your bet should be on South Korea to to stun Brazil here because look Brazil obviously the big favorites here. I don't know about minus four hundred in a knockout tie. Maybe Korea like you saw the way they reacted to that one. Maybe this is more than enough for these guys. But there there's quality players here. There's I think talent that can come off the bench and manipulate a game, as we saw with uh, Huang Chan today. And I, I don't know if 400 is, is accurately representing the two teams in this one. I, and especially with a, ro- a very organized defense in South Korea against a team that had just as good as they are, have not scored goals this tournament. I, I can see myself get on side with Korea here. Are they that <laughs> organized in defense, though? Like, we saw them ripped apart pretty easily in the group stage. I mean, Valverde hits the crossbar in the first game. Obviously, it was a bit of a weird game. But, like, Portugal had acres of space to run into at times today. They just didn't have the players out there that were sort of able to take advantage. And then Ghana were just torching them. Sure. Like, sure. I think Portugal really, other than the the goal, they didn't do much in this game. Again, it's a B team. And mm-hmm. it plays into Korea's favor because they get the Portugal B team because they get them third in the group here. I'm not, look, I'm not trying to say Brazil's not going to win this game, but the price here, I, I think, I think Korea are a little bit undervalued here. So for, for my fun on this one, I, I might take a stab at that plus 1300, quite honestly. And you know what? I could get spanked 3 0 in this yeah. one. Yeah. But who cares? I, I, you're not, you're not throwing a full unit on this one. You're yeah. throwing like an eighth of a unit, maybe. Yeah. So I, I don't know. This one just seems like a, a fun one to me. I'm here for the chaos. I'm here for the chaos. Yeah, for sure. well. I am not. I'm not here for the chaos. I'm here for the Brazil Argentina semifinal. Yeah, if you can get me there. Yeah. I think Netherlands. If, you mean? Well, <laughs> it would be so disappointing if, I, you know, it's sports. This is why we watch sports. I'm typically a guy that cheers for favorites when I don't have like when I'm just a neutral. And I, I'm, I know I'm in the minority for that. I think a lot of people off, obviously cheer for the underdogs. I just want to see the best teams play 
in the semis en route to the World Cup. Like, I want to see the best team win. And, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think this is a good question here that um, I'd like to get to before we sign off here. Between Argentina, France, Brazil, England, Spain, which one team do you personally think is least likely to advance to the next round? Just curious, not holding you guys to a bet. Um, Go ahead, Jake. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I think me and Alex are going to be on the same page here. Yeah, Um, yeah. I've already bet on this team. We haven't spoken about them today. I think Morocco are very live in the round of 16. I don't know if you're thinking the same thing, Alex, but I think Morocco are live in this game. I am so excited. Tuesday's going to be the best day. Morocco, Spain, and Switzerland, Portugal. I am pumped. I think Morocco can take it to Spain. Yeah, I'm super high on Morocco. Um, Obviously, that's a bit reflected in the price. I think uh, Spain are the shortest favorites, so you know maybe it's a bit of a cop-out, but very much like Morocco in this game. I think Morocco will also be incredibly competitive and live to make the semifinals against the winner of Portugal or Switzerland as well. All right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put everyone on the spot. I didn't tell you, but we get to a knockout bracket now. Uh, We might as well make an early prediction on who we think is going to meet up in the World Cup final here. Um, So I don't know who wants to start, who wants to be the guinea pig to go first. Uh, actually, I'll just volunteer Jacob. Let me I don't let me pull up my bracket. Just one second I can, here. I can go. I can go. Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Brazil and England. Okay. I I, I don't want to feel like I'm being biased here, and I also don't want to copy Alex. But it, it's tough for me. I know I just was tried to big up South Korea, but I I, I think Brazil are the best team in the tournament, regardless, and. They're not conceding goals. I know there was the one today. So I, I think without weaknesses, it's them. On the other side, I think it comes down to England-France if they both make that quarterfinal. And I like England to go there and get their hearts broken by Italy, by Brazil. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. I will say that if uh, if Cristiano Ronaldo ends up like tweaking his ankle or like hurting his knee in, and they you know in the last sixteen game and they still end up winning and then he can't start the rest of the tournament. Uh, maybe Portugal go through then all of a sudden to the final. If Leal has to start, if they're yeah, forced, Leal's forced to start, even in the even in the game where they rotate the squad, he still doesn't. They might start. need four attackers to get hurt for Leal to be in there. Yeah, I, I, if if Leal is in the starting lineup for Portugal, I in any match, I will be clicking them as quickly as I as humanly possible. I cannot <laughs> believe he doesn't start for them. I honestly cannot believe it. Uh, I'm gonna take you. you so I, I think Brazil's going to the finals on the top. I could see Argentina obviously knocking them off. I think that'll be a fairly evenly matched game, but I like Brazil. I think the winner on the bottom end of the bottom bracket um, is is going to be the finalist. So I think the winner of Spain-Portugal will go to the finals rather than the winner of England-France. I'm very much in the minority of that, but I'm not impressed by England. I still think France has like a complete dud game in them even though they've looked really good so far. Uh, I like Spain and Portugal better than those teams, or at least like I, you know, they would be underdogs up to either France or England, but I think that that's going to be, um, that would be my selection overall. Appreciate everyone who tuned in here on fine margins on the hammer presented by bet. Fred, Alex did mention it earlier, college football, big games this weekend. If you do want some picks for college football games, head over to the hit the books CFB channel on YouTube right now. We have a show going live. Hit the books. Tom Casale, Joey Kanish at 5 p.m. Eastern time where they'll be breaking down this weekend's college football card. Tom gives out his favorite bets. Kanish reacts in real time. 
always entertaining content. For those who want more soccer content, we are back on Monday. Hopefully our friend Drunken Goon, who is now back from Qatar, is feeling a little bit better. He might have picked up something while he was over there, a little bit under the weather, but we'd like him to join us again. And he will probably be back in commission next week as we will have six games from the weekend to break down. And we can look ahead to the other two games remaining on the schedule on Monday, which are Morocco, Spain, Portugal, Switzerland, which I think are very, very interesting matchups as well. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to Find Margins presented by Bet Fred. Enjoy your weekend, enjoy the soccer, and we will see everyone on Monday. Thanks, everyone.